Well, I want to introduce you to one of my favorite missionaries and um, Henny Emmanuel. He, um, I've, you know, Henny, as I think back, those 42 years that Jack and I have been married, there's been much living and there's been a bit of dying along the way, huh? Yeah. Um, Henny and Natalia have been friends of this house for more than 20 years. They have a global ministry of prayer and worship and breaking strongholds. They've been missionaries um, in the Middle East for many, many years. Henny comes from Egypt. They've lived in Spain. They've raised up leaders and churches in Morocco, Tunisia. Um, We have done some journeys together, Henny. But the thing about Henny is this, is he keeps expanding. He keeps allowing the Lord to stretch him. Stretch his vision, expect more, die more, live more. Um, and so, Henny, we welcome you tonight. So awesome to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you, Pam, so much. So good to be here. Uh, sometimes when we worship so beautifully like this, I'm like, why should we talk about even anything? You know, isn't it just enough to be in his presence? And then he will speak, he will say everything he wants to say. So thank you for the worship team. Thank you so much. Thank you for the testimony. I have a very similar testimony to that, also with my mom. Uh, maybe the Lord will... But it's just been very interesting, the, the things that I was feeling in my heart for the day. And it's just been a wonderful day here in Hatfield. So I want to honor the Lord and exalt him and just thank him for what he's doing. And I just want to say more, Lord. <laughs> we want more. We don't have enough. We are not going to be satisfied. Stir the hunger in our hearts. Stir the hunger in our spirits. Move among us even more and more and more. Are you excited with me for that? Are you excited with me for that? Amen. (laughs) Amen. You know, I get just so amazed the more I live with the Lord and walk with Him. Just of how His ways are different than our ways. How His ways are so different than our ways. That's why we need His Spirit to move and to uh, point Jesus to us and to glorify God among us. We live in an amazing season. And uh, I feel the day for us today, for me, and I think here for the church, is, is a trumpet call, a trumpet call for, for a time such as this that we live in. You know, it's a couple more months and then we are entering a new decade. 2020 is around the corner. You know, and there's, there is just so much stirring. I mean, I, I don't like, you know, big words or, you know, clingy, you know, 2020 sounds amazing and sounds nice, and, but, but it is 2020, you know. <laughs> 2020 is coming in a in, in few months and we are entering a new decade and Jesus is coming back soon. Coming from the Middle East, I don't know if you know, uh, I think uh, uh, Mama Pam, <laughs> you call her Auntie Pam. <laughs> She's close to my age, so it's very funny to say that. But in the spirit, she is like that. And that's identity, right? We've been talking about identity tonight. Uh, it's an amazing season. We live in an amazing season. But the, the, the challenge for us in this season is that we came from 
long season of wilderness. You know, and, and the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. <laughs> you know, because we've trusted and we waited and we waited again and we trusted again and we hoped for this and we hoped for that. But then, ah, you know, nothing is happening or uh, 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 promises. Uh, maybe there is just a, a, a sickness that you are struggling with. Maybe there is... Uh, just a, a secret that no one else know about that is deep in your heart. I don't know what it is. But you, you hoped and hoped and hoped and hoped. And it just makes the heart deferred. And, and today, I just want to announce for us, we are not crossing the Red Sea. Even though it's amazing. We are not in the wilderness. We are standing right in front of the Jordan River. It's a new place. And in Joshua 3, when you read about the story of the crossing of the Jordan, uh, uh, there is a word there where Joshua says to the people, you have not walked like this before. You've never walked like this before. So you don't know. You've never, ever, ever reached a place like this place. But in the back of your mind, there is maybe a spectacular story, like the story of the Red Sea, or all the hope deferred, like the, the 40 years of you know, waiting and waiting and waiting. And um, I don't know. I mean, I know South Africa for the last 22 years because I met this beautiful Africana girl in the mission field. And she came for short term, joined our team for short term and decided, no, she needs to join long term. So <laughs> I'm going to marry her. <laughs> so we're married for 21 years, just half of uh, Jack and Pam. <laughs> so we have a lot to learn. Um, so, I, but I'm Egyptian. I'm Egyptian. I, I walk like Egyptian. I talk like Egyptian. I, everything about me is Egyptian. <laughs> uh, and so I, 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 I love the Middle East. The Lord called me for, for the Muslim people. Uh, I don't like to call them the Muslim people anymore because I feel, as we talk about identity tonight, this is exactly what happens in our world. You know, there is identity crisis that is blanketed on top of different people, you know, and we have a lot of it here in South Africa as well. You know, you are white, you are black, you're Indian, you're colored, you're, you know, and I don't know where is the place of the Egyptians here or the Asians even, you know, that are filling this country more and more and more, but we are stuck with those other colors. There's few colors here that you guys are stuck with. I want you to expand a little bit, add more colors, you know. <laughs> So one of the best stories I heard is that the whole thing of the Ten Commandments actually started with South Africa. God came to the South Africans to, give, to do this whole thing of the Ten Commandments. So I, I'll tell you why it is ten. It's a joke, guys, okay? <laughs> I'm preparing you because at the end you must laugh, okay? <laughs> but you're, you're good. You're laughing at the beginning and you're going to laugh more at the end. So the whole story of the Ten Commandments is about, is about the people of South Africa. First, God came to the white people. And he said to the white people, guys, do you want commandments? He said, but, oh, God, you know, the white-black issue, you know, you know everything because you're God, you know. You mean, you know, in those commandments, love the other people? Love them? And God says, yes, of course. This is, well, we are honest people. We are going to say, sorry, we can't promise that. So God was disappointed. And then he said, okay, I'm going to go to the black people. 
See, I'm Egyptian. I can tell jokes like that <laughs> and get away with it. <laughs> so he goes to the black people and say, well, the white people didn't take my commandments. Would you like my commandments? So the black people said, but we know that you're God and you know everything, you know, so we're sure that, you know, you must, there must not be something about respecting the white people and also loving them. And we can't promise that. So God was disappointed. And then he went to the Indians. You know, said, okay, this is now my last chances with the Indians. So to the Indians, do you guys want to, you want my commandments? So the Indians asked him, so how much is it for? <laughs> and God said, no, it's, it's for free. They said, okay, give us 10. <laughs> <laughs> we, so I love South Africa. I know that as an Egyptian, I will find myself with one of the groups, you know. <laughs> I'm going to be accepted by someone here. I love this nation. I love South Africa. I love this nation. What I think, I think the enemy is terrified of this nation. What I think as I travel the nations all over, I'm privileged with that, but I think there is nothing like South Africa. There is no nation condensed with those colors. Every tribe, every color, every tongue. There's many tongues. For goodness sake, we have 11 official languages. <laughs> you know, tongues are important to God. Colors are important to God. Tribes are important. That's why it's mentioned like this. That's why heaven is going to be like this. The kingdom of God can be revealed on earth through the South Africans like no other nation. Like no other nation. And that's why the intensity of the battle that we go through and, the, and the, all these things that the enemy would try to rob our identity from us and just limit you to being Indian, wanting 10 of the free commandments or limiting you to just be, you know, the, the victim, you know, of the old era or limiting you as a white person to feel guilty all your life and the life of your children, you know, for what happened. God wants to free us tonight. He wants to free us in this nation from all the guilt and shame of the past. He has paid all the price on the cross. And that's why we need many testimonies like this. He is delivering us from the guilt and from the shame because he says it's not about you anyway. It's not about your color. It's not about your gifts. It's not about your position. And that is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a place where our identity is very simple. I am a child of God. <laughs> it doesn't matter what are my gifts, what is my color, what is my position in the church. And I, if I read about the kingdom of God, if I see what the word of God, if I see what Jesus preached, if I look and watch in the nations where I'm traveling right now, I can tell you all our lives we never imagined, like in the matter of a couple of years, all those pharaohs in the Muslim world, in the Arab world, I'm not saying the Muslim world anymore, it's the last one, you understand me. Because that is another false identity that the enemy blanketed 1.6 billion people with. They're not, they were not Muslims. Most of them were Christian. Some were Jews before. I can tell you stories that will blow your mind. But we never, in all those years, praying for the Middle East, imagined that God is going to come and shake the nations like this. And turn people to himself like this. 
I better look at the time. I don't even know where am I at all. Uh, because you know, you know why we prove that Jesus is Egyptian? Because he said, I'm coming back soon. And that was 2,000 years ago. <laughs> so we, 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 by nature, we're not worried about time at all. <laughs> so, but I know you guys here. But I like the culture that is not worried about the time here, so I can fit with those cultures. <laughs> so everybody's here. <laughs> but he is coming in such a powerful way. It's amazing. You know, in my lifetime, you know, we prayed for Libya. It was ruled by Gaddafi. He's gone now. We prayed for Egypt. It was ruled by this. I don't even want to get into the politics. But all those, you know, Saddam Hussein is gone. Mubarak in Egypt is gone. Al-Bashir of Sudan is gone. I'm talking about the nations that I'm watching for. You know, shaking, 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 shaking. And suddenly I, I, I look at the word of God and it's, well, it's all written. <laughs> it's all right there. I look at the prophetic words said about Egypt and about the nations. And it is like some chapters, Isaiah 19 is one of them. It's a, it's a whole prophecy about Egypt, Israel, and Assyria. It's like the, the, the things that are happening, the, the wars that are taking place, the conflicts, it's causing exactly these prophetic words in front of our eyes, getting fulfilled in our day. We are so privileged. And I'm coming to tell you here in South Africa, you are included in all of this. You are included. I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, if you want to understand the times of, and seasons, just keep walking towards Jerusalem from here, you know? <laughs> just keep going, keep going. The closer you get to there, the more it's going to become clear to you what the Lord is doing in the world. Because there is the epic center of so many things. Uh, but it is what God is doing in the globe. It is not just what's happening in the Middle East. I'm going to read for us some precious words, but I'm going to ask you to stand, if you can, with me. I, uh, I'm loving this new tradition that I'm giving myself. Stand as I, to respect the word of God. In Hebrews 12, from verse 26, it says, Whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. He is jealous. He's jealous for his church. He's jealous for his people. He's jealous for the Muslims. He's jealous for the gay people. He's jealous for the lost He's jealous. He's jealous. This is his people. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it and all who are in it. Psalm 24. He is jealous for his people. Enough is enough. He's coming now and he's shaking nations and he's shaking our lives. Father, we thank you for your word. We honor you in this place. And we, Lord, we want to continue to worship you tonight. We want to continue to just lift our hearts to you. Father, as we speak, as we share your word, Lord, may you speak in power. 
May you come and change us. May you come and restore our identity, Lord, as sons and daughters of the Most High God. So we can be those citizens in this kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. So friends, this is the picture I see. I see the kingdom of God. We know it is ready to be established on earth as it is in heaven. God wants to establish his kingdom. We know that. We know that the king, King Jesus. So for every kingdom, you need a king and you need land. But who else do you need? Can you think with me? I know this is very far away from the thinking of, of many, many people around the world because of democracy and state and all of that. But I come from countries where there's lots of kingdoms. <laughs> so you need the land. And you need a king that will rule. And who else? People. <laughs> yes. People. So in the kingdom of God, I feel the kingdom is, is, is ready to come on earth as it is in heaven. God, Jesus, is the king. He is ready. We know who he is. But who's missing? People. It's us. It's us. So God is coming to work on us. How he would work on us to shift us from being just relaxed, always sitting to the left-hand side of the third row, you know, in the second half of, you know, uh, you, you know, that, that, you know, in, in, in our, you know, just to shift us from just looking for a good career where I'm going to make some good money and, you know, wake up on time, you know, and organize myself and do my best. How will he shake us and sh to shift us from more than just living a good life, eating and drinking and uh, having children and having a good life and securing our lives? Things are shaken. So many of my friends, they say, well, we don't know if there's any future for our children here in South Africa anymore. Like, how did you reach that conclusion? <laughs> how do you know? Where is your God? <laughs> so God is shaking things to show us where is our faith now. So these verses are beautiful verses to me because it is not a surprise. What is happening? He is saying it to us. He says, I will shake everything that is shakeable, everything that is man-made, so that the unshakable kingdom will come. So there is a reason for it. It is not to destroy you. It is not to disturb you and give you sleepless nights. It is not to make you de get depressed. It's not to, uh, 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 you know, just discourage you. It is to shake all these things in your life so that you can look to me so that I can show you some other things. And there is another place where the Pharisees asked Jesus, Luke 17. The Pharisees came and asked Jesus, they said to him, tell us, when will the kingdom of God come? <laughs> Jesus answered them and said, the kingdom of God will not come by your careful observation. Beautiful. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's not going to come by your careful observation. For the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is here. It's inside of you. You know, some people are waiting. You know, oh, when Zuma goes away. Oh, when the economy change. Oh, when the leaders of the church do this and this and this. When they 
change the carpet and give us a nicer carpet, you know? We can worship easier. When the air... It is not going to come by your careful observation. Oh, the kingdom of God is going to come. Oh, when my wife, you know, just, you know. Oh, when my husband. The kingdom of God is not going to come by your careful. The kingdom of God is within you. It is your responsibility. It's within you, Jesus says. And friends, the call for us today is shift from observing to a place of taking responsibility. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how small you are. It doesn't matter whether you have gifts or you don't have gifts. Because in the kingdom, your identity is being a child of God. Being a son and daughter of God. <laughs> it happened that you are the son of the king. I want to show you a picture. I asked my brother here at the back uh, for this picture. So he, he's so great, he got it for me. You know, this is the picture of the king of Morocco. Few people in this room came with me to Morocco. <laughs> so this king, this in the middle, there is the king of Morocco. To the left-hand side of the king of Morocco is the second in the kingdom, second person to the king in the kingdom. It's his brother. To the right-hand side of the king, do you see someone there? <laughs> there is a small boy there. I think he was five or six years old. He's grown up more now. But this picture from when he was five or six years old. To the right-hand side of the king. This boy, if this king dies, <laughs> officially he's going to be the king. It's just going to be like on hold or posed until he reaches a certain age. And this other brother would take the place. But he would be... Are you, are you following with me? <laughs> I looked at this picture and it spoke so much to me. It's like it just happened that this guy was born to this king. Therefore, he is in line to take the kingdom. And Jesus said that. In Luke, there is a verse. He says, don't be afraid, little flock. Don't be afraid, little flock. For your father is pleased to give you the kingdom. But who can believe this? <laughs> of the sons and daughters of God. The ones that, that know their identity in him. That know their place. Know that they are born to sit in that place, to take that place. And when things are shaken, we are shaken with it. I want to suggest to you, you know, uh, because I went through, if I can tell you stories upon stories upon stories upon stories where we were shaken. You know, after seven years of serving the Lord, uh, not seven years of serving the Lord, after many years of serving the Lord, but seven years of being married, then we hear the news from the doctor that we can't have children. We got shaken. <laughs> shaken like to the core. I mean, I, I know the Bible. I grew up in a Christian family. I pray every day. I'm even a missionary, you know, and prayed for and impacting nations. And I can tell you stories from the mission field. But when I got that personal news, I was shaken. I prepared myself intelligently. I prepared my wife. I told her, you know, while the doctors were checking us, you know, why can't we have children? I, I told her, you know, it's okay, honey. We have a lot of spiritual children in Morocco and Tunisia and those countries. So, you know, and we can adopt children. Yet, when we got the news, I was shaken. I didn't know what happened to me. 
we were on our way to just go for three months of rest. We end up somewhere uh, cold in the US, very, very cold. So I was like super depressed because we just heard the news and now we are in the snow, you can't get out. I don't even know if I'm gonna freeze, you know, if I wanna take a walk or whatever. So we are in the basement of those friends and I am wrestling with God, wrestling with God, wrestling with God, wrestling with God. And suddenly the Lord reminded me of many years before I was in a nation in North Africa called Algeria. Algeria, they are going to play tonight a soccer game. <laughs> um, Algeria, there is a lady there who's the first one that believed in Jesus in the nation, let's say in the last uh, in the modern era of Algeria, there was Christians many, many, many years ago. But this lady, this sister, still alive. She's an intercessor. She's very sick, kind of paralyzed. She stays at home. But she's the first one that believed, and she's still alive until now. And I always loved, when I go to Algeria, I felt spiritually I need to visit her when I arrive and visit her before I leave. Like a general. So one of those, uh, now I'm in the basement in that cold of Michigan, USA, miserable, wrestling with God, miserable with the news. And suddenly the Lord reminds me of one of those visits with this lady in Algeria. And just as I was saying bye-bye to her, finished with one trip, telling her about what happened, how the Lord moved, and now I'm going to the airport, thank you, bye-bye. And she says, Henny, stop. When I was praying for you this whole last two weeks since you came here, there is one picture the Lord is giving me all the time for you. Yes, mom, I used to call her mom. And she said, but quick, 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 I need to go to the airport. So she said, one day you are going to lay your hand on your wife's belly. Bless her and she will give you children. That moment when she spoke like that, deep inside of me, I like... <laughs> mom Rahima, that's her name. She is like my mom. She just wants to see my children, you know. But who, who is worried about that now? You know, it's like we are busy with da 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 da. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bye bye. Years later, the Holy Spirit in the basement convicts me. You didn't receive my word. <laughs> I forgive you, Henny but I'm giving you a second chance. You can receive it now. What do I do, Lord? Do exactly what she said. <laughs> so every night before we sleep, I bless the belly of my wife. Every morning when we wake up, I bless the belly of my wife. You know, it wasn't like, no, 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 I'm still depressed. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> shaken. I'm still, <laughs> it, was not, it was not anything like that. <laughs> After one week, we go to the doctor. We, our friends in America, you know, the Americans love to be like the savior sometimes. Any Americans here? <laughs> so just, I know how much I can talk about you. <laughs> no, we love the U.S. very much. And uh, our friends, when we arrived and they knew our story, then they took us to this like specialist, you know, over there. Very expensive. But they said, no problem, whatever. We will help you. We'll pay for everything. No, 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 no. And the doctor looked at the report from the hospital here and the doctor here and confirmed everything, checked my wife. 
And he said, nothing we can do for you. And after a week of praying, we went back to the same doctor. And uh, uh, I said to him, please, you need to do the tests again. We did the tests. He said, no, we did the test. My wife was healed. God is good. The prayer was answered. Few months later, she's pregnant. I see someone pregnant here. Lord bless this child. <laughs> Confirmation. The healing is really there. We have a baby. Twelve weeks later, we lose that baby. Ah. Do you want to know about the second shaking? <laughs> the second shaking for me and my wife was much worse <laughs> than the first one. Much worse. Like, I am shocked of myself. Shocked of how much, where is my faith? Where is my trust in God? I struggled and struggled and struggled week after week after week. 2005 it was. We went back to just trying, you know, to just encourage myself in the Lord. I remember all those preachings, you know, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. You know, I tried to, you know, sing louder, you know, higher notes, whatever. It just, I am. And I was taking a walk. And after months and months, finally, I felt as if the Lord finally started to speak back to me or rather say, he probably was trying to speak all the time, but I'm not listening. Finally, I could hear him. I'd rather say it that way. And uh, the Lord said to me, I have two questions for you, Henny. Yes, Lord. He said, number one, I want to ask you, did you grieve that you lost this one child? I said, yes, Lord. He said, I just wanted you to know my heart, that I also grieve every time I lose my children. Then he said, question two, do you desire to have children? I said, Lord, of course, you know everything. He said, I also wanted you to know that I desire to have children. Friends, my life changed after this encounter with God. My heart expanded so much. He said, you know, remember when you asked me many times, give me your heart? Remember, Henny? <laughs> you asked me many times, give me your heart. Lord, give me your heart. I want to know your heart. Make my heart broken with the things that break your heart. Anybody said that before? A oh, dangerous prayer, okay? <laughs> dangerous prayer. <laughs> dangerous prayer. <laughs> dangerous prayer. And maybe you went through shaking. And maybe only tonight you will realize that this, you know, the shaking was part of the answer of God's prayers <laughs> that you prayed. Let your kingdom come. Dangerous prayer. Another dangerous one. And we say it all the time. And you started <laughs> tonight reading from the Lord's prayer. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. You are basically saying let your shaking come. Why? Because his kingdom, as we know from Hebrews 12, is not going to come on top of other shakeable stuff. It's not. He's going to cleanse. He's going to shake. Things are going to fall. I remember we would be driving in the car and it would be silent, those, those shaking years in our lives with that whole thing of 
of our desire to see children. You know, in the Muslim world where we travel all the time, the Middle East and North Africa, one of the signs of blessings that you have children. <laughs> I was wrestling with the Lord. Lord, you want me to go and tell the people about you. And then they say, but where's, where's your children? <laughs> Where is the blessing of your God? And you go through times of confusion and you go through times of wrestling. And you go through times of crisis, really. So friends, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. The shaking is for one reason. It's for the unshakable kingdom to come. <laughs> for the unshakable kingdom to come. Isaiah 19, verse 1. It goes like this. I'm coming on a swift cloud, and the idols of Egypt will tremble. The idols of Egypt. I shared it this morning, but I, I feel like to share it again tonight. The idols of Egypt. You know the plagues that God plagued the Egyptians with in the time of Pharaoh? They were idols. They were gods. The plagues, God used the gods to plague Egypt with. The gods, the other gods with small g that the Egyptians worshipped, discovered, and worshipped, and created. God plagued them with it. So, for example, Egypt worshipped the sun. So the sun god was invented, <laughs> made in Egypt. <laughs> His name is Ra, the sun god. So God plagues Egypt with, with the sun. The sun becomes darkness. Egypt worshipped the Nile. So God plagues Egypt with the Nile. The Nile becomes blood. Egypt worshipped frogs. I mean, frog is a very interesting creature, you know. So the Egyptians really th thought this is <laughs> like a little sm cute small god, you know. <laughs> and until now, if you come and visit the pyramids in Egypt, they'll try to sell you nice, beautiful, precious stone frog carved nicely. Don't buy it, okay? <laughs> it was a god. So God plagues Egypt with the frogs. Basically, the lesson here is like this. If you have any other gods, it's going to plague you. <laughs> One day, it's going to result in disaster. And what God is saying with that, he says, these gods, they are not good gods. They are plaguing you. They are harming you. They are stealing from you. They are really hurting you. Number two, I am the god of those gods. I am the God. The sun for me is like an like electrical switch. You know, I turn it like this, it's dark. Like this, it's on again, the sun. I am the God of those gods. So friends, what's happening now among us? You know, politics became something huge for us. Let's say money and making money and mammon became something huge. It became a God. What is God going to do? Is going to expose it. How will he expose it for us? Well, he will maybe allow it to rule us for a short time. <laughs> In that short time, you will see that this God is not a good God. <laughs> you will see. I have watched in front of my eyes so many rich, 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 blessed friends, blessed. And how that same blessing 
turns to be such a plague in their lives. Now divorce, separated, fighting about the properties and the money. Maybe you know someone like that. Maybe you are in the midst of that. Maybe God is shaking some things. Well, everything that is shakable, I'm saying to him, Lord, rather it today than tomorrow. Shake it today. I don't want to live one more day with something that is shakable. If it is shakable, let it go. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how painful it is. So let me tell you, I'm just walking from a shaking to a next shaking to a next shaking. Why? Because God wants to expose all the idols. And that's what it says with the plagues. And God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. I asked the Lord, why would you harden the heart of Pharaoh? And then we go through another plague. <laughs> and God says, because there is another God that I want to expose. There's still another God, another idol that I want to shake and expose in front of the Egyptians and the Israelites. So maybe the journey has been a little bit tough. Shaking after shaking after shaking after shaking. Lift your eyes tonight. Lift your eyes to heaven. Lift your eyes to your father. Lift your eyes to your father that is just right next to you. The king that is right next to you. But he's a jealous one. He's a jealous one. He doesn't want any other God. He's cleansing from all of that. So the invitation for us today, shift to the kingdom. <laughs> Exchange, you know, this whole religious position of just coming to, ch to church, just always listening, always satisfied with, with just, you know, having your life packed up nicely. Shift. Shift to something more exciting. <laughs> Shift to the kingdom with the shaking that comes with it. <laughs> Shift to that place. Start to discover his purposes for your life. Let him speak to you. I'm encouraging us tonight. This word, I know it's not a comfortable word. <laughs> but believe me, it is a relieving word. When I started to see the kingdom like this, I started to understand what's happening in my life. I started to, to receive this kingdom more and more and more in my life. I started to be willing to go through the, the, the way of my master. If I'm following Jesus, I know there's going to be a cross. I know because I know how Jesus walked. But I also know that he is going to be with me. The world is waiting for the sons and daughters of God. <laughs> Creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestation, waiting for the rise of the sons and daughters of God that will sit next to their, the right-hand side of their father and take their place. It doesn't matter how many gifts you have. It doesn't matter where is your position in the church. It doesn't matter where, whether you hold the mic or you don't hold the mic. It doesn't matter. You are a citizen in this kingdom and you have the same rights like everyone else. Amen? <laughs> so it's good news for all of us. It is freedom. Free for the ones that have the position and, and, and live maybe with that pressure. <laughs> Freedom for the ones that are so gifted. Because that is something that is really the Lord is coming, shaking this so much. 
you know, if I'm identified here in this church, that I am the, the anointed preacher, let's just say that, okay? And, uh, and then I swallowed from this. This is now a very Arabic expression. Swallowed meaning like I ate from that uh, bait, you know, like, like, you know, like everybody see you as the, the wonderful gifted man, you know, that can do this or that. Or if I take my identity from being a missionary, you know, I can come always and tell you stories from the mission field and so on. Well, <laughs> tough. Because, you know, after some years, there's going to be a younger missionary, you know, who's more exciting and who is blessed by my own stories, inspired by me, the older one. Okay? You following with me? You know, and then in the kingdom of God, things go from glory to glory. So in a way, I was successful, you know, in passing from generation to generation, this anointing. But then if I take my identity from that position and that place, and then comes the new, young, exuberant, more cool, dressed nicer than me, share, you know, if I take my identity from that and then I sit and he takes the mic and he's now the star, what happens? Friends, God is shaking that. God is shaking, you know, us being identified by our position, us being identified by our gifts, us being identified by what we do. Nothing of this matters. Look at this guy, six year old, what can he do? Can he rule a kingdom? <laughs> so God is looking for people who are just like children willing to take their place, willing to believe, sitting. They made a special, did you see the throne? If you put the picture again, I, I, I love looking. Look at the throne they made for him. Look at the throne of his father. It's amazing. But like they made a little cute throne for this little guy. <laughs> but you have a place. There's a place for you. There's a place for me. It just happened that you are Chosen to be one of these children to this king. <laughs> in this kingdom. Do you believe it? Do you want to take your place? And my, my dear brother, you, you mentioned the, the scripture I wanted to mention from Matthew 16 as well. You know, that's exactly what happened. You know, people remember, you know, when Jesus said to Peter, you are Peter, you are, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell. It's beautiful. But before that, Jesus asked a question. Who do you say I am? Well, before that question to the disciples, he asked, who other people say I am? <laughs> so this is how the, the story started. You know, and then they said, oh, the disciples said, some people, you know, say that you are John the Baptist. Some people say you're Elijah. Some say you are a prophet. And I like this story so much because my people in the Middle East, they say that Jesus is a prophet. <laughs> right? That's what my people say. You know, he said, okay, wonderful, but who do you say I am? You. You see, the people of the kingdom, who do you say I am? <laughs> and Peter answers. And he says to him, Jesus says to him, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. And that's my prayer for us tonight, that flesh and blood, not honey, not anything, that, is, that you are receiving that revelation from above. Because we go through the journey with the guilt and shame and what happened before. And, and God want to deliver us tonight. He wants to make us 
free, free to live for him. Free, free to take our place. Doesn't matter your color. It doesn't matter your gifts. It doesn't matter your education. It doesn't matter anything. What matters is that you are chosen to be son. You are chosen to be daughter to this king. <laughs> so you have a place in this kingdom. For our God is consuming fire, like we read it. The reason for the shakings around you, the reason for the shaking inside of you, the reason for the shaking uh, uh, in your family is other things that are shakable that God wants to cleanse for a simple thing, for kingdom that is not shakable to come. So receive that kingdom. <laughs> Say, yes, Lord. I'm not going to resist the shaking. And whatever that is shakable in my life, because I saw this picture of myself many times, you know, I'm shaking, I'm shaking, I'm shaking, I'm shaking. So Lord, what do I do? He says, well, you are holding something. You are holding onto something that is shakable. Let go. <laughs> let go of the shakable. So when I let go of it, oh, yes. <laughs> so let go. Drop. What's shakable that you are holding in your hand? Drop it. <laughs> and come as you are. I'm going to just uh, invite maybe the worship team to start to come. And just have time before the Lord together, before we end tonight. One of the other waves of shakings in my life <laughs> um, was through the years of 2012, 2013, 2014, especially those three to four years. So many things were shaking around me, but also in me. So there was this horrible accident where my sister-in-law got killed in Egypt. And so my brother, with his two children, his life changed. A couple of months later, my mom passed away. Ten months after, my dad passed away. <laughs> At the same time, my nation, Egypt, was going through horrible shaking. I don't know if you followed the news those years. But things were shaking, revolutions were taking place, people were angry, killing one another. Then uh, radical Muslims were elected to take the government. They were changing everything in Egypt. I started to even say, oh, thank you that my mom and dad died. I started to really feel like that, that they are not going to be harmed, they are not going to be persecuted because they're going to kill me being far away. But then the year after, so 2012, my mom passed away. Then months later, 2013, my dad passed away. 2014, I'm like under, <laughs> I don't know, like crawling really through life, you know, because other things are happening, betrayals, feeling, if I can describe my feelings in that season was uh, abandoned left alone. I was on a ministry trip in the U.S. And then I got sick suddenly. Um, I got fever, and then my left leg from down there started to uh, swollen and become red. 
I took antibiotics. I'm always healthy. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm just like, what's going on? You know, I travel Africa. <laughs> I travel in the Middle East. I travel all over the world. I don't get sick. I get sick in America. Like, wow. <laughs> uh, the doctor gets worried, so she sends me to the hospital. In the hospital, they look at it and said, no, 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 you're not leaving the hospital. <laughs> like, what's going on? And I remember that night, and I'm in the hospital, they are pushing my bed all the time, checking because there was this bacteria, apparently, that from some dirty water somewhere, that's the story I, I know, that uh, that bacteria entered and it was about to get into my bloodstream and, and they were so scared of that. So I was hearing things about maybe amputating. I was hearing things about uh, I might be killed just like that if this bacteria come to my bloodstream. Just it was... And so that, that day, I remember that day in the hospital, it was just piling the whole day, piling, piling, and every couple of hours I'm pushed to scan and see and test this and test blood and then thousands of dollars, you know, not rands, dollars. You know, I remember, uh, Brian, our insurance, health insurance, is, it covers you all over the world except America, you know. <laughs> It's like great, 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 great news, everything together. But that night, I had an amazing encounter with God because I felt the Lord cornered me so much with all my business and all my chutters, like my wife says. And it was just me and him at night. You know, the whole day, people come and visit you and bring you coffee and bring you this. And but then at night, in the hospital, you're by yourself. And I started to have this terrible time, me judging myself. I started to really, who was it, Jonah? Or, you know, like, Lord, just, I think I've done well. Really, take me. But no amputation, please. <laughs> You know, I still want to play soccer with my child, you know, take me. And I started all the fishing, the enemy started to fish. And that's where I relate to your story so much. Started to think, was I faithful to my mom and dad? Did I really honor my father and mother? You know, like the Bible say. I started to get in touch with the deepest grief in my life started to realize half my life I didn't see my family. It's mixed emotions. Why? Because I went to the mission field. So literally, half my life, I didn't see my family. I see them a couple of days when I go quick visit to Egypt. And did I do the right thing? Was this right, Lord? But I think to the best of my ability, I served you. So much together. That night, the Lord came right next to my bed and spoke these words to me. He said, do you remember when I called you out of Egypt? 1994. That's 25 years ago. He said, do you remember the conversation? I said, Lord, I remember. He said, I asked you, will you die for me? And you answered, yes. He said, tonight, Hanny, I want to ask you, would you live for me? 
I want you to live for me. I opened my Bible randomly to read the words of David in Psalm 117. And he says, I will not die. I will live <laughs> until of the goodness of the Lord. Friends, today the Lord is in need of you. He's in need of you for the nations, for South Africa, for your family, for the lost ones around you. Would you live for him? His question to you, would you live for him? Would you take place and live for him? I started, since that time, 2014, so it's five years now, I am really learning how to live for him. And I'm learning more and more that living for him is actually harder than dying for him. Because <laughs> when you die, well done, good servant, <laughs> you are faithful, come to the joy of your master in heaven. But to live one more day, you are going to choose one more time. <laughs> you are going to wrestle another time. You're going to go through another shaking one more time. You're going to go through some confusion again. The Lord will ask you tonight, would you live for me? So let us stand up together. Let's respond to this. He wants to restore your identity in him tonight. It's very simple, really. It's like, first he asked Peter. He didn't ask Peter, he asked all of them, but Peter was the quick one to answer. <laughs> and he would say, would you worship me? Would you confess who I am, basically? And this is how Peter received his identity clear from the mouth of the Lord. So this is nothing that someone can, can give us. Nothing that I can give you because flesh and blood will not reveal this. <laughs> but it is the Lord. So Lord, we just come to you tonight. And I want to declare, Lord, that the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is here. And your kingdom, Lord, is power. You are consuming fire. So, Father, with all that is behind us, with all the journeys that we, we have here in this room, Lord, we want to say, we want to live for you. We want to live for you. So, Father, come and restore us. Come and restore us. Come and give us, Lord, grace and strength to drop whatever that is shaking in our hands. Come and reveal, Lord, and expose those gods that have taken root in our lives, in our thinking patterns. Come and expose, come and shine your light among us tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Let us just enter into into just a moment of worship. And I want to invite you to respond. I, I, I love to do this. It's not something that is magical, you know, to come to the front or just... But there is something about it. There's something about it. When you just take a step, when you... I always love to just move from the place where I'm standing normally. Just to take a step forward. So whatever you feel, whatever you feel, but just feel free in the presence of God. Let's just enter in and just see how the Lord would lead us now further. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 